0: this is section forty eight of mark twain speaking this librivox recording is in the public domain huck saves jim from huckleberry finn a reading often used from eighteen eighty five on read by john greenman night after night they kept a sharp lookout for Cairo, where the ohio river comes in for there they would land and try to escape far north and east away from the domain of slavery jim said if the two big rivers joined together there that would show but i said maybe we might think we was passing the foot of an island and coming into the same old river again that disturbed jim and me too so the question was what to do i said paddle ashore the first time a light showed, and tell them Pap was behind, coming along with a trading scow, and was a green hand at the business, and wanted to know how far it was to Carrow. Jim thought it was a good idea, so we took a smoke on it and waited. There weren't nothing to do now but look out sharp for the town, and not pass it without seeing it. He said he'd be mighty sure to see it, because he'd be a free man the minute he'd seen it. But if he missed it, he'd be in the slave country again, and no more show for freedom. Every little while he jumps up and says, DASHES! But it warn't. It was only jack-o'-lanterns or lightning bugs. So he sat down again, and went to watching, same as before. Jim said it made him all over trembly and feverish to be so close to freedom. Well, I can tell you it made me all over trembly and feverish, too, to hear him, because I begun to get it through my head that he was most free, and who was to blame for it? Why, me, the thought struck me cold. I couldn't get that out of my conscience, no how nor no way. Oh, I had committed a crime. I knowed it perfectly well. I could see it now. It got to troubling me, so I couldn't rest. I couldn't stay still in one place. It hadn't ever come home to me before what this thing was that i was doin but now it did and it stayed with me and scorched me more and more i tried to make out to myself that i warn't to blame because i didn't run jim off from his rightful owner but it warn't no use conscience up and says every time but you knowed he was running for his freedom and. "'You could have paddled ashore and told somebody.' "'That was so. Yes, it was so. I couldn't get around that, no way. "'That was where it pinched. Conscience says to me, "'What had poor Miss Watson done to you, "'that you could see her nigger go off right under your eyes "'and never say one single word? "'What did that poor old woman do to you?' That you could treat her so mean why she tried to learn you your book she tried to learn you your manners she tried to learn you to be a Christian she tried to be good to you every way she knowed how that's what she done I got to feeling so mean and treacherous and so miserable I most wished I was dead i fidgeted up and down the raft abusing myself to myself and jim was fidgeting up and down past me we neither of us could keep still every time he danced around and says dies cairo it went through me like a sword and i thought if it was cairo i reckoned i would die of miserableness jim talked out loud all the time while i was talking to myself he was saying how the first thing he would do when he got to a free state he would go to saving up money and never spend a single cent and when he got enough he would buy his wife which was owned on a farm close to where miss watson lived and then they would both work to buy the two children and if their master wouldn't sell them, they'd get an abolitionist to go and steal them. It was awful to hear it. It most froze me to hear such talk. He wouldn't ever dared to talk such talk in his life before. Just see what a difference it made in him the minute he judged he was about free. It was according to the old saying, Give a nigger an inch and he'll take an owl thinks i this is what comes of my not thinking here was this nigger which i had as good as helped to run away coming right out flat-footed and saying he would steal his children children that belonged to a man i didn't even know a man that hadn't ever done me no harm i was sorry to hear jim say that it was such a lowering of him my conscience got to stirring me up hotter than ever until at last i says to it let up on me it ain't too late yet i'll paddle ashore at the first light and tell oh it was a blessed thought i never can tell how good it made me feel cause i knowed i was doing right now i felt easy and happy and light as a feather right off all my troubles was gone. I went to looking out sharp for a light, and sort of singing to myself. By and by one showed. Jim sings out We safe, Huck, we safe. Jump up and crack your heels. That's the good old Carol at last. I just knows it. We safe, Huck. We's safe. Sure's you's born we safe. I says I'll take the canoe and go see, Jim. It mightn't be, you know. He jumped up and got the canoe ready and put his old coat in the bottom for me to set on and give me the paddle, and as I shoved off he says, "Pretty soon I'll be a shout for joy, and I'll say it's all on account of Huck. I's a free man, and I couldn't ever been free if it hadn't been for Huck. Huck done it. Jim won't ever forget you, Huck used the best friend jim's ever had and used the only friend old jim's got now oh bless the good old heart of you huck i was paddling off all in a sweat to tell on him but when he says this it seemed to kind of take the tuck all out of me and kind of all unsettled me and i couldn't seem to tell whether i was doing right or doing wrong I went along slow then, and I weren't right down certain whether I was glad I started or whether I weren't. When I was a hundred and fifty yards off, Jim sings out across the darkness and says, "'There you goes, the old true huck, the only white gentleman that ever kept his promise to old Jim.' Well, I just felt sick. But I says, "'I got to do it.' i can't get out of it right then along comes a skiff with two men in it with guns and they stopped and i stopped one of em says what's that yonder a piece of raft i says do you belong to it yes sir any men on it only one sir well there's five niggers run off to-night up yonder above the head of the bend is your man white or black? I didn't answer up prompt. I tried to, but the words wouldn't come. I tried for a second or two to brace up and out with it, but I weren't man enough. Hadn't the spunk of a rabbit. I see I was weakening. The man says Come, answer up is he white or black? Then I hear the voice across the water is saying De good old Huck the good old huck and i just let go and give up and says he's white it took you a good while to get it out i reckon we'll go and see for ourselves oh i wish you would says i because it's pap that's there and maybe you'd help me tow the raft ashore where the light is he's sick he's awful sick and so is ma'am and mary ann and the baby Oh the devil! We're in a hurry, boy. But I suppose we've got to come. Buckle to your paddle and let's get along. I buckled to my paddle like Sam Hill and says, Hi, George, in luck at last!" And they laid to their oars. When we'd gone about a hundred yards, I says, "Pap'll be mighty obliged to you. I can tell you, everybody goes away when I want them to help me tow the raft ashore." and i can't do it by myself well that's infernal mean and pretty soon he says looky here it's odd too say boy what's the matter with your father it's the-the uh, the... well it ain't anything much they stopped pulling it warn't but a mighty little ways to the raft now one says boy that's a lie what is the matter with your pap answer up square now "'it'll be the better for you.' "'Blubbering. "'I will, sir, I will, honest, "'but don't leave us, please. "'It's the—the—' uh, gentleman. if you'll only pull ahead "'and let me heave you the headline, "'you won't have to come near the raft. "'Please do. "'Set her back, John. "'Set her back. "'Keep away, boy. "'Keep to Lord. "'Confound it, I just expect "'the wind has blowed it to us.' Your pap's got the smallpox, and you know it precious well. Why didn't you come out and say so? You want to spread it all over? Well, says I, I've told everybody before, and then, and then, and then, they just went away and left us, bellows. Poor devil, there's something in that. We are right down sorry for you, but we— Well, hang it, we don't want the smallpox, you see look here i'll tell you what to do don't you try to land by yourself or you'll smash everything to pieces you float along down about twenty miles and you'll come to a town on the left-hand side of the river it will be long after sun-up then and when you ask for help you tell them your folks are all down with chills and fever don't be a fool again and let people guess what is the matter I feel mighty mean to leave you, but my kingdom, it won't do to fool with smallpox, don't you see? Goodbye, goodbye. If you see any runaway niggers, you get help and nab them, and you can make some money by it. Goodbye, sir, says I. I won't let no runaway niggers get by me if I can help it. They went off, and I got aboard the raft, feeling bad and low because I knowed very well I had done wrong, and I seed it war not no use for me to try to learn to do right. A body that don't get started right when he's little ain't got no show. When the pinch comes, there ain't nothing to back him up and keep him to his work, and so he gets beat. Then I thought a minute and says to myself, Hold on, suppose you'd have done right and give Jim up. Would you feel better than what you do now no says i i'd feel bad i'd feel just the same way i do now as fur as i can see a conscience is put in you just to object to whatever you do do and don't make no difference what it is well then says i what's the use of learning to do right when it's troublesome to do right And ain't no trouble to do wrong, and the wages is just the same. I was stuck. I couldn't answer that. So I reckoned I wouldn't bother no more about it. But after this, always do whichever come handiest at the time. End of Huck Saves Jim, read by John Greenman.